This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Uh, we have a two-man operation here tonight. It's myself, Matthew Bunch, alongside Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing, buddy? Whoop, whoop. I'm excited, man. The NPSL season is about to start in South Florida, followed by the PDL season. So we're going to finally, once again, get to witness the glory of South Florida soccer in its fullest extent. After a long winter of discontent, it's, uh, you know, we don't actually have snow down here, but the proverbial snow is melting and real, live, actual, factual soccer is going to start taking place in Miami-Dade County again. Uh, I, I think there's nothing better in the world to say than that. Um, but let, let's talk about, uh, we got a couple things to recap, a couple things to discuss since we last met at the start of the preseason uh, schedule for the Miami FC 2. Um, a lot has happened, and so let's run down it. Let's first start with that preseason um, that is now completed, um, starting with the Miami FC 2. Um, generally successful, uh, undefeated in all preseason matches. Uh, one or two moments of fits and spurts, but generally a pretty dominant display uh, capped off last Sunday uh, with two 45-minute victories, first over St. Thomas University 3-0 and second over Lynn University 1-0. Um, Drew, there's there's a lot to process. We're talking about hours of soccer here, um, but but let's do our best to kind of encapsulate what you saw in the preseason here. What do you take away from from these preseason matches? Yeah, the pre- the preseason was good. We got to pack in uh, four quick games there. There was a lot of uh, new roster movements and head coaches uh, to get, or just coaching staff in general to go through. Uh, I felt like it was a great preseason. Obviously, we won every game. I think we only conceded one goal to uh, an APSL side. Um, In a uh, game we, that the team scored nine. <laughs> so you can't complain too much. Well, no, no, no. The uh, the FC Kendall game is 2-1. Right, but... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wasn't the game... All right, well, that, I've screwed up early on. I thought the game that they scored nine, the, the score was 9-1. Oh, that that could have been the case. Damn it, we already screwed up, but it's okay. It's preseason yes. for us too. Um, you're you're right though. The Ken, the Kendall game was a two oneer. You are correct yeah. on that front. Yeah, there there were there were a couple of player movements. Uh, I I believe the last podcast we talked to, we spoke about getting uh, Correa from FC Edmonton. Now he's long and gone. We replaced him with uh, Mashud. Um, pretty sure we'll get into him later. Um, but all around, it was a great preseason. It was good to see uh, kind of Paul coach a uh, different style than uh, that Nesta did last year. Uh, the players seem to be click- clicking very well right now. Uh, Don Smart looks brilliant. Um, my only my only negative out of the preseason is our opponents we faced. Uh, we had two games that we had to scrap our opponents and I think kind of find a last-minute substitute for them. Uh, in example, the, the last game where we were supposed to play Simas, and we ended up playing uh, two college teams instead. And I believe we were supposed to play uh, was it Weston, and we ended up playing uh, South Florida FC or whatever their name was. Yes. So uh, I, I would have liked to see a little higher caliber opponent. I know. I mean, I think every year we do this. Uh, the league and the team is uh, kind of in a scramble to get things together because <laughs> of unstable, uh, the unstable truth of American soccer, but. Uh, you know, it is, it is what it is, and I it's it's kind of weird that we're going into our first two games against uh, Miami United, which will probably be the toughest two games of the season. So uh, we'll we'll kind of get to see very clearly how well uh, they they mesh together uh, in uh, in real time. Yeah, I, I thought I thought what was what was interesting about what you said, the idea of, of getting those preseason matches coordinated. We've been banging on here for two nearly two years now about the desire to see this Miami FC squad, or now Miami FC two squad, get a real good quality level friendly in. To 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 really incentivize people getting out to whatever stadium they want to play at. Um and and, and use that as a means to drum up support 
uh, drum up name, brand identity, etc., etc. But as you said, the the events seem to conspire to really just really kick that idea of square in the shins every offseason where you have no idea if the team's even going to exist the next season. Uh, so the fact that you're complaining about the idea uh, of who you're playing uh, in friendlies seems laughable. But it, it is unfortunate that it, it's quite clear, uh, even someone who would for some reason dislike Miami FC or Miami FC 2, it's quite clear that this team has a, a, a class and skill that's probably going to be above most of their competition, not only in this preseason, but probably in the regular season as well, um, with with pr- most likely probably the only real st- stiff competition coming from Miami United, um, which will be, you know, two games done in two weeks. So it, it's, it's going to be really hard for this team to kind of gauge themselves, and especially as we get into Open Cup, foreshadowing, we'll be talking about that in a second, uh, as we get into Open Cup and you do play against that higher competition, it's really hard for the, the, the coaching staff, the front office, to identify maybe where there are needs um, against that higher competition, whereas, you know, in, in, in these kind of games, a, a lot of your faults get papered over just because of who you're playing against. Uh, now, I will say, the aforementioned FC Kendall game, uh, if, if you were looking for a reason to have a scare put into you, um, seeing that game would be uh, plenty of reason. FC Kendall played a compact, organized game, really kind of grinded it down uh, in a way, and, and smartly so, and and made it a very competitive 2-1 matchup. And so uh, it's hard to say, you know, the preseason, again, undefeated, two goals conceded over four games. You'll take that every day of the week. But it, it is hard, as you said, to kind of gauge what that really means. Uh, we were able to speak to Coach Daglish uh, after the first preseason game, and he really put an emphasis on just getting the guys out there, getting them to to kind of run through the motions and, and just get back together as a team. That was really what he was looking for, especially at the beginning of the preseason. I just want to give everyone a chance to 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 be in the starting eleven come the first game of the season. I think it's important to, to give everybody a chance. We've been training for two weeks. Some people come into preseason fitter than others, and I don't really want to form my opinions too early. So I want to give everybody a chance to, to stake a claim for the for the first thing. Um, and, but now that we're at the end, he, he's making those decisions. He's figuring out who he wants to play with, what formations he wants to play with. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, I think while the preseason is helpful in that, that first game uh, against Miami United is really going to be key in helping him identify who's really going to be kind of pacing the squad as they go forward. Yeah, and it, it looks like the it's it's pretty much set out based off the past two games or uh, the past one game that was actually two games. Uh, the kind of the guys who stayed on for seventy minutes or maybe ninety minutes, um, who was going to be on that squad. But it was sort of what you'd expect out of it and what we've expected all year. But um, uh, without transitioning too much into our open cup talk, like our after uh, Miami FC plays uh, FC Miami City. Our next opponent would then be the Red Force, who's in the APSL with FC Kendall, but FC Kendall didn't qualify. So, um, like you're saying, it's not too much, too big of a scare, but it, at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, like this, this wasn't kind of what everybody was expecting or anticipating the, you know, seven nothing blowout, uh, the six one or something like that. So uh, there, there maybe are a little couple. Uh, couple things we could work on but at the same time i think as the season goes along a little and the open cups later we'll we'll continue to work on those issues yeah i I would agree i would say that it's definitely i mean considering the new names that you're going to see on the team and considering the new head coach there there's going to be a lot of of learning on the fly uh and you know it's it's not, and you know, it's not a criticism or indictment of anybody. It's just the nature of how it's going to go, especially when you don't get in those exhibitions against teams that you would imagine would be at the same level. Um, but so, as we head out of the preseason again, like you said, Drew, we have a general idea of how this team is going to be structured. As you mentioned, they're they're really going to kind of go into the the, the teeth of the schedule right away. Uh, first, with a, a game at Miami United, that's at uh, Ten Hendrick Stadium at Melander Park. Um, followed by basically the return leg um, at Bobcat Field at St. Thomas University the following weekend, the following Saturday, the 21st. Um, 
how well do you think this team is prepared for that, and, and how well do you think they'll be able to play up against that Miami United squad, which has had some success in its its preseason as well, winning the Romero Cup uh, and, and getting a game in against FC Miami City, which you were able to uh, see the other night. Yeah, I, I think... Uh one of one of kind of the little struggles with United and kind of the MPSL in general is like roster retention. So every year, uh, like we're suffering now, they're also going through the same issues. And same thing with FC Miami City is that these lower league teams, uh, especially if they're pro am or strictly amateur, depending what league or how they choose to go, um, they kind of have to refresh every year. But United look fairly good. I mean. Um, they, they won the Romero Cup, so they, they actually ended up playing, uh, I believe it was, uh, yeah, it was Red Force in the final, and they beat them 4-2 to two at uh, Tropical Park. And uh, last night, they also played a friendly against FC Miami City. Uh, that game was 0-0, but got cut a little short due to uh, <laughs> the lights being turned off. Uh, the, technical difficulties. Yeah, technical I, difficulties. I, the game started a little late, and since it was a preseason game, I guess whoever was at the park or somebody just set on a timer and the fact that it ran late they just said hey 9:45, your time's up um but they 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 look like a good side you know i think this is probably going to be our biggest uh competition this year i don't i don't really put uh anybody else up on these two teams level unless uh there's kind of a uh some sort of you know ridiculous uh early first half red card or something you know we're miami has to play down a man for a while. Um, United has a pretty good squad. They signed uh, somebody from uh, Reno, 1868, uh, who used to play for um, the Strikers, uh, and also a little time in the MPSL as a fusion. So he he looked pretty good in uh, both the Romero Cup and uh, in their in their final preseason game. So yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that these these two first games are going to be the biggest test. And no offense to the rest of the league, but um. <laughs> I don't take much of those games uh, as as a big challenge. You know, ob- obviously they can go either way, but uh, for the most part, those first two games are going to be uh, basically going to slate who's going to win that conference. I think. Yeah, I mean it. it it's just a, the matter of fact that basically in the history of this conference of soccer, only two teams have ever won it. One of them is Miami United, and the other one folded in the off season. So yeah, and they they sort um, of just flip flop back and forth. And the United yes. United or sorry, uh, the fusion was almost founded off of like a mutiny of United. So correct. Yeah. Um, it's it's a credit to to the the you know the the ownership and management there. Uh, General Manager Roberto Saka doing a good job. Uh, of, of really feeling for, for being fourth division soccer and for, for being always fourth division, not in the Miami FC shoes where they've kind of found themselves in this place. Miami United has put together a really solid fourth division program that uh, routinely gets in the Open Cup, routinely gets in the MPSL playoffs. Um, you know, they, they might be, you know, punching a little bit above their weight trying to play against this Miami FC squad considering it's got so much talent that was second division level just last season. But if there's any team that's going to give that that Miami uh, FC squad a run, it's going to be uh, Miami United. Yeah, and and I know a couple, uh, I guess the other maybe front runner of the conference would be Boca Raton. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I hate doing it going off a single game sample size, but uh, I think it was right the day before Easter, uh, FC Miami City beat Booker at Tone 3 uh in Miami. So, uh, you know, I, I, they're a pure amateur side. They, they look all right, but they could be one of those teams where if, if the refereeing goes right or, you know, they could miraculously uh, take a couple points off of us. But I, I think there's just clearly two, two front runners in this conference. <laughs> And I agree. Yeah, and I hope I hope the MPSL kind of looks at our conference and maybe they haven't announced their uh, playoff system this year yet. I, I don't believe, but hopefully uh, they'll give us an additional Open Cup slot or something this year, so that both teams can make it. Uh, that would be the uh, best case scenario. <laughs> yes, um, I, I think we might have exhausted all of our Open Cup. Uh, Wizardry in terms of getting spots, though, yeah. considering what happened a couple of weeks ago. So that uh, seems like a perfect time to segue into that. Um, coming into this NPSL season with this new team, Miami FC 2, 
Um, it was pretty well understood, and we had previously written about it on MagicCity.Soccer, the idea that there would be no Open Cup for Miami FC or any of its affiliate teams, or however you want to refer to it as, this season, because Miami FC 2 is a new squad, Miami FC has no league in which to play, and Miami FC 2 did not qualify on merit. But um, General Manager Sean Flynn and, and the ownership team made an argument to basically the U.S. Soccer Federation directly in an open letter um, stating that, hey, we applied and we never heard back from you. You released the teams. We didn't hear yes or no. What's the deal? We applied to you when we were eligible for basically an automatic spot. We were not included. What's the deal? Now, we all knew what the deal was. We knew what happened, you know, court cases, etc., etc. But Apparently, the the Open Cup committee was convinced to to hear the argument on behalf of not only Miami FC 2, but New York Cosmos B and Jacksonville Armada. And in in a rather shocking development, uh, considering if you know the history of Miami FC, the NASL, and the U.S. Soccer Federation, uh, the Federation's arm, the Open Cup committee, agreed with them and placed Miami FC 2, Jacksonville Armada, uh, and New York Cosmos B into a play-in round, basically giving them a chance to qualify for the Open Cup. Uh, Miami FC 2 will play against FC, the aforementioned FC Miami City um, at Tropical Park uh, coming up. That's going to be on May uh, 6th, correct, Drew? I believe so, yeah. May 6th at 7 p.m. Um, I, I mean, at least for me... I thought this was a real Hail Mary. I thought this was a real kind of almost absurdity to kind of, again, the, the, the front office doing everything they can, but I really thought this was just to get some attention onto what they saw as an, as an injustice, but something that wasn't actually going to come to any positive solution for them. And lo and behold, they actually get the result they're hoping for. I, I was rather shocked. I don't know. What, what did you take? What did you see from that, Drew? What was your reaction to that news? Yeah, I think the last podcast we all basically accepted the fact that the Open Cup would have happened this year and we all kind of uh, understood whatever various reasons we wouldn't get in, whether there were fair reasons or not, but, uh, you know, kind of how the Open Cup runs and how the uh, the board is over there, it seems like there's not a lot of uh, wiggle room uh, in the Open Cup, especially for lower division teams, NPSL or PDL or anything under USA, SA umbrella. Um, Yeah, I pretty much just... I saw, like, hey, these are the rules, and it doesn't look like we're getting in. It's, it's very bizarre because the team that we qualified with, because we're now calling the team a two-team, technically I thought kind of there wasn't as much as an argument because the, they, the Open Cup could come back and say, like, hey, look, uh, you know, you would have qualified if you were in the MPSL. The MPSL doesn't exist, but at the same time you have a two-team. Where then Jacksonville and New York were also in kind of their own unique environments where – they had those B teams or the two teams in the the NPSL uh, uh, the leagues, but uh, both those teams didn't qualify naturally or on their own or through play. So um, the fact that they kind of folded or their front teams are taking a year off this year and then they're focusing on those B teams. Um, so it was kind of two weird, unique situations, and you know, kind of according to their ruling or how they've always gone in the past, it, it made sense for us not to get in, but. Um, the fact that we were able to get in is great, you know, because uh, it's going it's, it's gonna to make it a more interesting Open Cup, I think, especially uh, not, not to diss Jacksonville or New York, but considering the run that uh, our team went on last year uh, could, be, could be dangerous. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I love that we got in. I feel bad for some of the teams like the Brooklyn Italians, the Villages, and uh, um, uh, FC Miami City that kind of have Miami to play City. us in a play, play in round that they weren't expecting, where they're maybe facing uh, a bit uh, a bit of competition that's above the level of uh, a play in game or even the round one. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, you you had mentioned it. We had totally expected that this was just going to be it. You know, that this was going to be you know. It was a done deal. And what's ironic about it is, of all the things that have happened with Miami FC, NASL, and the Soccer Federation, this was the fairest thing of all of them. This was the thing that it's like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Considering all the other stuff that had happened, 
it was totally reasonable that Miami FC wouldn't be in the Open Cup this year. Now, again, you, you can have your opinions for or against what happened previously, but all those facts being established, getting to the point where this team was sitting on March 1st, it was totally reasonable to say, okay, well, yeah, that's, I mean, those, those, that's the way of the world, boys. That's how, You're just going to have to deal with that. And that this is the one thing that they were actually able to crack and, and get a positive result from uh, was kind of astonishing. I mean, especially it, it, it's such a weird technicality that the the board, which again, I didn't feel they really had to go out of the way to do anything when um, the, the notable exception to this kind of door being open was El Farolito, which is a, an amateur team from San Francisco that had kind of become a... Uh, cause celebre of a lot of uh you know non-league american soccer because they had been they had qualified for the open cup through an amateur league but then changed leagues um in the off season chose to change leagues and because of that lost their bid and so a lot of people were assuming okay well if miami fc gets in if Federalito gets in all these teams are going to get in uh, El Farolito did not because they chose to change their league. And apparently the argument that the, the cup committee used was that, okay, well, El Farolito chose to change their league. The U.S. Soccer Federation chose to change the league of Miami FC to Miami FC 2, basically, which is fair. I, I think it's a po- totally fair, reasonable decision to come to. The only problem is, as you said, if you are Miami uh, FC Miami City or Miami United, if they had been drawn, because that was the other team that was eligible, uh, that sucks. That sucks big time. And it won't matter financially because FC Miami City will receive compensation from the Federation for hosting and they'll presumably get the same amount of money that if they had been knocked out in the first round. That's all well and good. But it still sucks because you qualified for the Open Cup and it's not an automatic qualification for any team at this level. And so you you deserve, it's kind of like, you know, making the NCAA tournament and then getting stuck in the play-in game. You know, maybe if you're an at-large bid, okay, well, that's 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 your lot in life. But if you won your conference, damn it, you ought to be in the real tournament. <laughs> and FC Miami City, for lack of a better term, they won a lower conference. And damn it, they ought to be in the real tournament. Well, they, and it's unfortunate. They, they made Even it, though they made I know. It, yeah, they didn't win the conference. Yes. Now. <laughs> yes, but what I would say is they qualified on the appropriate merits available to them. Right, right. Bef- they they have been in. Yeah. Now for the the counterpoint here, Miami United, they got in on a technicality. They they got in when they weren't supposed to because Miami Fusion folded. Of course, I, I'm very happy that they got that spot, and I think they deserve to get that spot, um, considering the number the the top seeded team in that conference was unable to participate. Um, but if if I'm an FC Miami City fan or a member of that front office or a member of that team, I'm a little bit steamed because I feel like on the field we did what we needed to do to get to the first round, and then all of a sudden the the cup committee has pulled us back by the feet and yanked us back into this this land of limbo. Yeah, it's almost like make the technicality qualifier play against the technicality qualifier, and we'll see you in the the true first round. <laughs> yes. I, I think that would be the fairest solution, unfortunately. And, I, again, I don't think the Cup Committee is necessarily wrong here. Miami United are a unique situation. There aren't other teams throughout the United States that qualified for the Open Cup in that manner, taking the bid from another team that folded. There aren't especially teams like that in Northeast Florida or in the New York City metropolitan area. So they couldn't really apply that rule uniformly across all three situations, so they needed to come up with something. It's just unfortunate the way it's going to play out for FC Miami City. And, I mean, I I guess we're lucky because otherwise we would have about three uh, Miami (laughs) Miami FC, Miami United matches in about four games, right? Right, right. Um, So at least there's a little bit of breathing room there. Yeah, and like uh, what what you were saying with uh, El Farito, like the the same thing happened last year too with uh, Minneapolis City SC, the Crows. Correct. And then uh, <laughs> also like you know not not a very similar uh, thing, but um, the even the Villages last year, who's going to end up playing Jacksonville in the playing round, got got disqualified because of uh, roster issues and stuff. So it's it's kind of one, once you're down on this level, it seems to be uh, just. All you know, all these teams for the most part are are, are are amateur teams, and you know it's kind of harder to set your rosters and stuff like that. But it seems like they have a very strict rules for for all these lower division or open division teams, and <laughs> uh, yeah, we we ended up on top. I'm, I'll I'll take it. 
Absolutely, and and I can tell you that the team will take it as well. Miami FC two will take it. Um, had a chance to speak to Mason Trafford yesterday after uh, the victory or victories over St. Thomas University and Lynn University, and he was just uh, very excited about the opportunity. Keeping in mind what the team was able to do last year, I'm going to try to drop the audio in here of that clip of the interview, and if not, we're just going to come right back to me. Uh, last question. Uh, big news this week: uh, the the firming up of Open Cup plans. Haven't had a chance to talk to you since that uh, got announced. Uh, what does that mean to you as a player? The, the the chance that Miami FC two will now have to play in the Open Cup. Yeah, it's exciting. We know we uh, we were hoping for that. It's a chance for us to you know show what we can do on a bigger stage, and uh, we, it was a lot of fun for us last year. Obviously, making that run to the quarterfinals, and we want to do something similar again this year. And okay, now. so either that worked or it didn't. Um, but yeah, so obviously the team is excited. They they certainly are going to be yearning for that higher level competition this year. And uh, the Open Cup is really the only way they're going to be able to get it. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, uh, the, the only, you know, the other best outcome of this season is basically just house the whole entire NPSL. But I believe once you get to levels in the playoffs, it's going to be a little bit harder. You know, you got Chattanooga, and there's, there's a couple good teams in there. I mean, on paper, I would, not to toot our own hard, but I say we look like the best team, but, uh, you know, we should be able to come out with this conference, and uh, basically they, they have a point to prove, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're you're going to see, there's, there's not going to be any mercy rule employed by uh, head coach Paul Dougleish or anyone in that front office. They're going to want a chance to run up the score if they get it, because like you said, they want to prove a point to the rest of the conference. They want to prove a point to the rest of American soccer that the decision that was made by the, the Federation was a, was a faulty one, that, that they are uh, tier two quality and you know all the other business anglings behind the scenes can't change that fact. Um, so open cup, couple weeks away. We'll, we'll definitely be back on the podcast before then to discuss the goings on there. Um, but let's talk about some, some roster moves, Drew. Um, Jeff Michaud, the big name, um, in this kind of preseason period of trialists and, and signings, uh, along that lines, um, we had talked about a little bit, and we, we mentioned a little bit on the website and on our social media, the, the names that have come in and the names that have come out. But uh, obviously, like you said, like well, like I said, I guess, Michaud, the big name, uh, what excites you? What, what did you see from the preseason that excited you, and, and how do you think that will affect the team going forward? Yeah, I mean, he was he was an exciting pickup. Uh, I mean, this, this guy comes in with a lot of experience. He was previously with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, uh, Miami FC fans may remember him from uh, 2016 when he played with the, the Hammerheads and he scored the uh, opening goal against us in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, which eventually was our, our our debut where we got knocked out by the Hammerheads. Um, yes. But, but then also, amazingly Remembered enough... Remembered not so fondly. Yeah, also, amazingly enough, uh, he also played with the uh, South Florida Surf and uh, scored against us when we played our... Uh, our, uh, I believe it was second round game at uh, or no first round game at uh, Cobb or first yes. round for us second in the tournament in the seventy uh, fourth minute which was kind of a late effort so uh, he has some experience about uh, against us uh, South Florida guys so he I, I feel like that was a great pickup um, I, I believe I, I, I spoke on it before but uh, Correa just never never showed up I don't know what the deal with him is. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have another guy, uh, Tassi, who played at Weston and PDL, uh, Rubiano, uh, who looks like he played around a couple lower division teams, and the uh, man with the most generic uh, uh, Latin American nickname of Juanito <laughs> on our team. But, yeah, I mean... It was- we had a, a really well-played ball in uh, yesterday uh, for the goal against Lynn University. It was Juanito, I believe, Tamares to Ali Hassan. I could be remembering that incorrectly, but it was definitely Juanito on the first long ball in and then uh, Ali Hassan with the goal. So he, he's made some contributions. Yeah, and, it, and it, that, that also kind of goes to show you just how um, uh, kind of dedicated this team is and or maybe even how, how many, how, how many uh, local players or uh, free agent players want to play for this team because they, they feel like uh, it's, it's definitely a focal point of uh, uh, soccer in general because, I mean, we, we kind of had that roster and we're still signing people and uh, there's, there's just ridiculous talent going down the line. 
Yeah, so uh, you would imagine that the team will probably try to, you know, kick some tires as the season goes on to see what might be available. Um, but you, you definitely get the sense that the core is brought in now um, and that this is who they're going to ride with. And and I think they've got talent. Again, they've got enough continuity from last season that you should be pretty excited about what the possibilities are. And, and some of the, the new faces have been pretty, pretty have have slotted in quite well, particularly Don Smart, or, or as I like to say, uh, uh, Donald Intelligence. Mm. Um, he, uh, he's been pretty much a factor in every single game. Uh, that's definitely one player I'm going to keep an eye on as we head into the regular season. Yeah, I mean, just, just based off uh, the preseason, uh, which I have a historical track record of horrific predictions. So, uh, sorry, <laughs> Don Smart, but I'm picking you as the uh, NPSL Sunshine Conference top goal scorer. Um, which Oop. probably will mean you'll get horrifically injured in the first game, so I apologize. Yep. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, our apologies to Don Smart and the Smart family in this uh, time of trouble and turmoil as uh, Drew Hausman has placed his curse on you. Um, but, yeah, there's there, there's just a lot to be excited about about this team, and and I guess damn, we, we've kind of talked them up enough. Get out there to Melander Park, uh, whether you're supporting Miami United or Miami FC. Um, get out there uh, Sunday. Um, what 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 time is that kicking off? Seven. Uh, I think seven or seven thirty. Uh, tickets are available on Groupon. Yes. If you want to bring all yes. your boys, if you want to bring all your boys, squad up. Get a. You can get two VIPs. That means you're sitting. Uh, right at midfield uh, for thirty bucks, and you know you get your your assorted Groupon coupons and cashback opportunities. You can get that down to a pretty reasonable price. Um, I will be there. Drew will be there. Uh, the Dade Brigade will be there. La Dose will be there. Um, it's going to be exciting. I, I feel like it's going to be the, really the first time that we've had real dueling supporters groups. Uh, in Miami-Dade County, kind of at each other's throats for a game. Now, I'm, I'm kind of being a little facetious. It's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, hooliganism. But it'll be interesting to see the dynamics of two different supporters groups kind of out-supporting their teams against one another um, in a competitive match. Yeah, and I, I like I like the way they're kind of going about marketing this and everything. Like, this, this is a game I think me and Omar and a couple other people were very excited to see uh, a couple since kind of the inception of Miami FC and we got to play a friendly I believe it was mid-season last year against them but it was kind of their APSL B squad that came out and it was just you know very uh very literal on the sense of friendly <laughs> but uh yes I think this one is going to be a tad bit more intense I would say so I would say so 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 again uh Ted Hendricks Field Melander Park, hi Aaliyah. Amelia Earhart, a, something. Yes, get there, be the there, be so square. Great, they named it three times. <laughs> Just punch in soccer, hi Aaliyah, and it'll get you to where you need to go. Um, so let's let's transition a little bit. We, we've talked about some of the club um, features. Let, let's focus a little bit on some of the the, the bigger international events that have that have taken place and will be taking place shortly in Miami. Uh, the first one was Peru-Croatia. I want to just touch on that one shortly because that, that was fun during that international break. There was a lot of activity around town with the Miami Open and this match that got 46,000-some people out to Hard Rock Stadium. Really big crowd. Those those Peruvians are, 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 are jazzed about being back in the World Cup. And a number of big-name uh, Croatian players uh, on that squad. Again, a World Cup tune-up. Uh, Drew, it was really exciting for me to see, you know, I I feel like two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, a Peru-Croatia game wouldn't have registered a blip. Um, But man, there was excitement around that match, a big crowd out there, and and people really took notice. Uh, You know, Michelle Kaufman writing in the Herald, uh, both kind of a preview of the match and and a post-mortem, really keying in on the excitement of the Peruvian fans, uh, obviously, but the excitement around the idea of international soccer in Miami. I, I feel like there's been a bit of a, I mean, Lord knows we've, we've gotten ahead of ourselves before, but I do feel like there's been a bit of a change in tone about the excitement regarding soccer in Miami. Yeah, I, I was surprised how much that game drew. I mean, I, I didn't realize the uh, the presence of Peruvians in Miami, I guess, or uh, traveling Peruvian fans. But 
Yeah, any anytime you could put a 40,000 40, 40, plus in Hard Rock is is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, you can't even chalk that up to, to, to the USA being out of the tournament. I think that was just all just hardcore, loyal, loyal fandom. Um, but, yeah, it, it's good to see it's good to see games like that and happen out here, you know. It, it, I, f- I feel like it's a very weird hit or miss. Uh, uh, part of the other impressive thing is, is against uh, Croatia. You know, I feel like if it was against another, like, South American or Central American team, uh, we, sure. they probably would have ramped that attendance up to 70 or, you know, 69,000, something like that. But uh, I, I doubt there are very many Croatian fans in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think they made the flight over? I, I, um, I know there are a couple people, but uh, I think they're more just <laughs> casual soccer fans going for uh, – whichever Croatian plays for their favorite European team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's great numbers for, um, for the, for the hard rock, uh, whatever it's called nowadays. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, that lovely stadium, the hard rock stadium, uh, always known as Joe Robbie stadium. Um, the, the exciting news on the international front that came out over the last couple of weeks was again, from the aforementioned Michelle Kaufman, um, who was able to break the news that relevant sports, um, Stephen Ross's uh, sports management operation, uh, is currently in negotiations. Yeah, clear. He's he's negotiating for a, a major international friendly. He's potentially in for a, buying AC Milan. Um, the the man has his fingers in dozens of different pies, but has no focus on the Dolphins apparently. Which uh, I mean, it's fine. I think it's fine by both of us, considering you're a Jets fan and I'm a Ravens fan. Um, all the better for us as soccer fans. But yeah, if I were a Dolphins fan, I might be getting a little annoyed. Um, but the the big news was that yeah, potentially end of July. Hard Rock Stadium may be seeing a Brazil-Argentina friendly. Um, that would be, if it's not on the level of El Clasico, it's 1B. I mean, in terms of the, the, the level of excitement that you could get around an international friendly in this city, uh, it would be absolutely massive. I, I'm going to go with a, a quote from my favorite movie, Dodgeball. That's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> it it's, is. It really is a bold I, move. I feel move. like it's going to sell really well regardless of the um, outcome of the World Cup, but uh, if if either team or both teams has an early exit or a uh, distasteful, not distasteful, uh, a uh, an unexpected A 7-1? Yeah, exactly. If Brazil gets <laughs> Germany again, basically. Um, yeah, that that game can go really south because that fandom is uh, so passionate. It could it could easily uh, turn into more of an anger fest. But um, you know, there's there's tons of both uh, Brazilians and Argentinians in Miami, and I think people will travel for that game, tourists alike. Uh, if if that happens here, I'm I'm forced to go to that, but I will enjoy my time there. But it, it's it's just weird, just directly after a World Cup, having a, kind of an international friendly. <laughs> just it, it it could be one of those things where it's like, ooh, too soon, too soon. Yeah, you know, I hadn't considered, I hadn't for a moment considered what you just mentioned. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That could get ugly quick if <laughs> one or both of those teams dumps out the group stage. Yeah, yeah, Oof, no, yeah. Not even but group you know, stage, but like one of them falls to like Algeria or Iceland or. Just some bizarre, even even a higher tier opponent, but going out early. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't seen the seating. I don't even know if that's out yet. But especially if they if they end up playing each other, uh, I mean, I see the group stages, but I haven't looked too much into it. But if they play each other early and knock each other out, that would be that would be interesting, also. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I'm going to get some extra security for yeah. uh, grudge for match. that one, but angry angry money spends, <laughs> happy money spends, and angry money spends. So. I'm sure Mr. Ross will take it either way. Um, I-, I was surprised to see that Argentina, uh, it's been more than a decade since Argentina has played in um, in Miami. Um, they they played in, in the Orange Bowl. That's how far back it was. They lost to Colombia 2-0 in a friendly there. Uh, Brazil has been here a couple of times in the last couple of years. It's actually the, the hook that relevant sports has. Uh, they, they have a bit of a relationship with the Brazilian national team, and apparently that's kind of what they've been using and massaging to get this uh this kind of mega friendly uh in the books um but yeah that'll be definitely interesting to see considering last summer eyes were so keen on miami with el Clasico miami that that if relevant is able to follow up with brazil argentina it's hard to see what the 
the third in the line of games would be. You've kind of everything after this is just going to be downhill. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely took note of that, and and, and we're going to want to keep an eye on that over the next couple of weeks to see again if that materializes, uh, and if it does, um, you know what the terms are, what the allotment will be, and what the ticket prices will be, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I don't um, see those tickets being. <laughs> I see them being El Clasico style, where it's like upper agreed. deck nosebleed, no drinking section, two hundred dollars a seat. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly concur. Yeah. Um, so, a um, couple other things to to kind of talk about. Uh, you know, aforementioned story about Stephen Ross possibly taking over AC Milan. That that's from an Italian sports newspaper. So again, take that with exactly one grain of salt. <laughs> Um, but, um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I think before we get out of here, and Drew, you may have something back in your reservoirs that you wanted to mention, but I, I thought this was fascinating, and I think we're going to have to kind of delve into this a little bit more, because I, I was fascinated by it. Miami Dade FC, which is an, <laughs> an APSL team that actually does not play in Miami Dade County, um, plays in Broward, but... They were part of the Campeonato Carioca de Beach Soccer, which if you know anything about Brazilian league soccer, the Campeonato Carioca is one of the major um, kind of provincial regional league competitions. The big the, – the, the teams in the top tier play in the nationwide league but also play in, in kind of regional leagues. And I, I need to figure out how that team wound up playing down there. There are, there are connections between ownership and Brazil. The, the owner is Brazilian. Um, but it was really interesting to be able to tur- turn into a Brazilian-Portuguese uh, YouTube live stream and see a team called Miami Dade FC uh, playing basically on Copacabana Beach in Rio. Um, that was really fascinating. Yeah. So uh, that that's something that we're going to try to poke around a little bit more um, on. But, yeah, that, that was a story I got hung up on over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Drew, it, you got anything else? I was just going to say that that almost ties into your last story with just the, the, the kind of the Brazil money in Miami. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. But, but I, I, mean, it, I feel it, like I it's, it, uh, you know, whatever, it, it can't hurt. It's only a good thing. I think, uh, who is it, uh, Boston City or something started a lower division team in Brazil this year. Uh, so yes. it's kind of an interesting avenue to explore as long as you're not affiliated with uh, ex uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers ownership. So <laughs> Yes, avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> Any energy drink-based ownership yeah. groups. No, um, no me gusta Quavatron. <laughs> that definitely uh speaking of uh the strikers actually I almost forgot uh today is the 41st anniversary of uh, a dark day in Miami-Dade soccer the day that the Fort Lauderdale Strikers played their first game at Lockhart Stadium after moving from the Orange Bowl uh rebranding as the Miami Toros from the Miami Toros to the Fort Lauderdale Strikers so it's uh funny that they get a shout out on this episode um the the last thing I wanted to mention and and Gosh darn it, oh, I had it, and then I lost it. I'll, I'll let you think for a second. Uh, I think APSL yes, season starts today. I believe the Red Force is playing. Uh, I have no clue what the score is, but uh, if you're interested in all in the APSL or some of the teams we're going to play in the Open Cup or have played in the preseason, check them out. Uh, follow the league or some of the teams on Twitter. Um, also, uh, the former the Reese Brothers, the Flight 19s kind of team that they created on their own, uh, I still can't pronounce it. Himmershi? Yes, Himmershi. They won uh, third place in their league due to a forfeit. Uh, classic oh, American lower perfect. division soccer where they were going to play a third place, fourth place game, and the other team just said, hey, we're not showing up. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that they're, they're actually doing big things uh, over there in Lauderdale. I really like those jerseys. That guy's a brilliant graphic designer, and uh, I might have to get one of those, but maybe we'll have them on someday, but... Uh, it was it was due to forfeit, but any trophy is a good trophy. Yeah, we we don't we don't give a lot of shine to Broward soccer generally, um, but uh, I, I'll tell you at uh, Hammer She FC that's H I M M A R S H E E F C. They do a pretty damn good job on social media. They do a pretty damn good job on graphic design, and generally, like for Drew and myself, that that's good enough. Yeah, you yeah. got a good shirt. You do some funny stuff on social media every now and then. You're, you're all right in my book. Um, so yeah, the, the hashtag unprofessional soccer they've been running with considering they are amateur. Brilliant. Um, yeah, really good, really good, funny stuff. Um, so, uh, as you said, APSL is underway. Red Force played 
uh, South Florida FC. We'll we'll have a, a result of that um, on the website, hopefully tomorrow, once we get that pinned down a little more firmly. Uh, actually, probably by the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to um, to get an update on that. And, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, again, whatever is hanging in my mind, I'll just have to pin it and save it for next time. Uh, do make sure um, you're going to magiccity.soccer. Again, we're putting a really big focus on our written content uh, this season. Basically, if there's anything going on in the world of soccer and in the world of Miami-Dade soccer, uh, you're going to see it on the website uh, first or second. Um, We're doing a really good job of kind of poking around on stuff and and getting it all in one place for people that care about it. Uh, We are on Instagram. Uh, Drew Hausman did a very good job as a a, a cameraman the last couple of nights. Uh, Some shots from the Romero Cup and a shot from the the FC Miami City, um, Miami United preseason game. The lights out uh, performance. there. Yes, a really lights out performance there. Um, Had to do it. So you can find us on uh, Instagram at Magic City Sock, uh, S-O-C instead of soccer. Um, we, we've always been on Facebook, uh, Magic City Soccer, always been on Twitter, Magic City Soccer, uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, we're again putting a putting a premium on video content. Uh, we've got an interview with Rhett Bernstein. We've got an interview with Paul Dalglish, and we have full video of Miami FC's preseason matches against Weston, Saint uh, Thomas, Lynn, and I believe there's one more South Florida. Uh, no, uh, yeah, South Florida FC. Um, so again, there's just a lot of soccer content that you can kind of draw on yourself in. Not to mention the 45 minutes of podcast we've just done. So. Um, if you are a soccer fan down here, we're, we're trying to satiate your appetite, uh, you know, wet your whistle for soccer, if you will. So please, uh, follow us and spread the word because we're happy to do it for you, but we'd be a lot happier doing it for a lot more people. Um, so Drew, do you have anything else before we call it a night, a night, pal? Uh, I mean, you did a pretty good job of plugging it all right there. I'll just say, if you have any questions, uh, send them to at Magic City Soccer on Twitter uh, we'll try to answer them as as well as possible or uh, do some uh, fact-digging for you. Um, we'll read them off on the show. Um, we got some T-shirts and stuff. We're trying to think of a new one this year, so if you have any suggestions, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you got a good T-shirt idea, we've we've done – I'll pat ourselves on the back. We've done a pretty good, a good job with two T-shirt designs the last two seasons uh, that have been a little Miami FC-specific. Um, but if you have a good idea, even if it's just the, the conceptualization of it, uh, and we wind up going with it, you'll be the first one to get a free one, you know, so, uh, feel free to give us a shout out and, incentive, you know, the worst incentive, we can say incentive, is, incentive. <laughs> the worst we can do is say no. Oh, and by the way, our bracket challenge, I want it. So suck on that, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so y'all get nothing. Sorry about that. I, I, I'm going to enjoy a uh, soccer shape and uh, soccer locker. Um, totally surprising. Me and uh, Sean Flynn, who was a uh, sport enough to compete, were down near the basement for most of it. But I, like a genius, picked Villanova, and I don't think anyone else did. So uh, that that's a recipe for success. I didn't see it coming. Very happy to have claimed that title. Um, Drew, of course, has his eye on the Open Cup Pick'em on Reddit. Oh yeah, um, that's his. Re- that's him and Omar's real, uh, real baby. Uh, speaking of Omar. Uh, and speaking of soccer, Europa League and Champions League, huh? How about it, pal? We gonna do the double? We gonna win them both? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would like to say yes, but in both cases, I think no. <laughs> I think Arsenal has a better chance for Europa, but uh, I don't disagree. I do not disagree. I'm very <laughs> excited that we might get to the semifinals. I will take it. And if we get knocked out eight nothing aggregate in the semifinals of the Champions League, total win, not a problem. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just put that on the record. Anything from well, here on out, as long as we don't spit the bid against Man City tomorrow, um, anything else here on out will be total gravy. I would just like to say, what a sh- crappy draw for for Premier League fans to have that game be at this point in the tournament. Like, come on, agreed, rigged, rigged. Yeah. I don't normally yeah, like a- cheering for these other teams I despise so much, but in Champions, I will go for them as long as they're not Tottenham. And this was like the worst draw I could imagine. 
yeah, my my Tottenham is Manchester United. So because um, <laughs> Everton never qualifies for for Europe in any meaningful way. Um, so yeah, I I you know you need that that UEFA coefficient to go up. So I'm pulling for you in Europa League to 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 pull it out. I'd love to send five teams. Uh, to Europe and uh, so we could know, all play each other in the early stages next year. Precisely. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. Now we we've got our European soccer bid in. Omar will will be happy to have heard that, and he wasn't actually here to talk about Man United coming back on Man City. Oh, actually, so if, all, if all anybody's the crazy enough to still listen, do you want to plug the watch parties? I don't have them easily on hand, so I don't know if you recall the information. I'm putting you on the spot. The the Miami FC watch parties? No, no the uh, the the Bayern Munich the uh, FP uh, Oh God, yes. Okay, that's actually a great idea. I I'm thought glad maybe you that's that. you were thinking of, and I was trying to buy you time, but uh, no, not at all. I, don't think I was just uh, doing, but just go for it. Yes. So uh, <laughs> there are actually two uh, two big. If you're a fan of um, of European soccer. Uh, down here, Miami-Dade and Broward, they're two pretty big events um, in the next couple weeks to have a chance to meet kind of really notable players. Um, Ray Clements, uh, who was a goalkeeper for both Liverpool and Tottenham, the aforementioned Tottenham, um, one of uh, only a handful of players to make a 1,000 appearances in his career, uh, will be coming to the Fox and Hounds in Oakland Park on April 21st at 7.30. I will be there. I can confirm that for you. Um <laughs> Uh, it's very very exciting to meet a, a club legend. Um, let's see, I'm trying to pull it up. Yes, Drew. Not, no, oh, yes. Okay, got it. Uh, that is not a watch party. Uh, it's just a kind of a meet and greet. Uh, but there is a uh, a Bayern Munich watch party with Lothar Matthaus um, at Fritz and Franz on Tuesday the 17th from one to five. Um, that's the DFB Pokal semifinal against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, Again, if you're interested in German soccer, if you're interested in Bayern, obviously, um, you're going to want to check that one out because that'll that'll be a fun time as well. Fritz and Franz, it, you would never expect, hey, the, uh, a place in Miami, what, what league is best covered by a restaurant in Miami? It is unquestionably German soccer <laughs> and it's unquestionably Fritz and Franz. You know, it, against all odds, uh, Harold does a tremendous job there, obviously. Um, so, yeah, again... Two legends of the sport coming to South Florida. You're going to want to check that out. Uh, okay, I think we've officially covered all our bases. Yeah, yes? I think we've covered everything. That we've covered uh, Brazilian beach soccer, watch parties. <laughs> Magic City Soccer yeah, it, has your back. It, it's time to tuck this one in and bring it in for a landing. So, Drew, until next time, uh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I guess I'll see everybody listening uh at the uh, Miami FC 2 Miami United game. Hell yes. Um, Drew at It's Houseman LOL, I T S H O U S M A N L L on Twitter. Um, a- active there. I'm active on Twitter at Matthew S. Bunch. Matthew with two T's, the letter S, and then Bunch, like a bunch of grapes on Twitter. We're at, at Magic City Soccer on Twitter. And uh, yeah, again, no more plugs. So stop whoring us out um thanks again for listening uh all this way and until next time go miami fc two go miami united go miami soccer Avec <laughs>